Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Grant Cameron, and I have a special podcast I want to do today. After I saw David Grush's conversation on the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday, I had never watched David Grush before. This is the first time I've actually watched him uh, talk. I only watched part of it, but I saw enough to uh, get the gist of what he was hinting at. And I have been in the UFO field for 48 years, and I've always been very hesitant that um, disclosure would happen at a very high level. Um, But I would say... Today, I think they're going to drop it again. They're going to try. I'll go through the history of uh, presidents and UFOs and how I believe the game is played. I think I've done enough research with the president. I sort of understand how the process works. Um, I've written about this in um, a number of books, uh, UFOs, Area 51 and Government Informants, UFOs, MJ-12 and the Government, Managing Magic, and I'm in the... um, process now of editing what was to be Beyond Managing Magic, which I actually um, completed in 2018 and then pulled the book. And now it's sort of become two books and I'm editing it and hopefully I'll get it. I'm not sure whether I will actually end up finishing the editing and getting it out. But a lot of this comes from this um, Beyond Managing Magic. Uh, A Compendium of Rumors is the sub subtitle. So this is, I'm going to jump around because I've been taking notes as McDonald's. I took notes on all these different things that were popping in my head. I'll try to put it all together in one thing, but I may jump around from place to place and stop the tape and restart it. The idea I've always maintained, the idea of managing magic, that what you have here is um, people inside the government, whether it's government officials or whether it's um, um, people sympathetic in the government, that there's always been a disclosure effort. And I know people have sort of disagreed with me, and I think more people are going to start to agree with me now. This has been going on forever. Uh, Certain administrations have done more than others. Um, I mentioned, I've written about uh, the whole Disney story, that Disney was contacted to do a documentary in 1956, that the U.S. Air Force had advisors on a uh, movie in 1956, I believe it was as well, Unidentified Flying Objects. Um, but the main, I guess the main disclosure effort took place under uh, Richard Nixon. And this is, I just got a confirmation yesterday or the day before, final confirmation that my longtime friend Bob Emenager has uh, passed away. He actually passed away a couple of years ago. I heard the rumor, but now it's been confirmed. And Bob Emenager was a um, um, vice president of Gray Advertising in Los Angeles and was approached by the Pentagon, actually signed a contract with the Pentagon with uh, Bill Coleman, who was the former U.S. Air Force spokesman for Blue Book, 
and who actually did a UFO document, a UFO show on UFOs for two years after he retired in 1978, 79. And this is the whole story about the Holloman Air Force Base film. I'm not going to talk too much about it today because I am going to do a fuller presentation. My friend Juliana Marinkovic has actually just published a piece on the Holloman Air Force Base film. This is quite shocking in that it does appear that film is for real. They actually did land a craft at Holloman Air Force Base in what Bob Emminger told me was May or June of basically May of 1971 and that it was filmed from four different angles and that he was told when it was, where they stored the craft and he was on the base, uh, did a lot of interviews, was given the film and was allowed to put eight seconds of the film in the end. Uh, it appears the story is true um, and this is where Close Encounters of the Third came, Close Encounters of the Third Kind came from, that's where the plot came from. Annie Spielberg who uh, the sister of uh, Steven Spielberg uh, asked Bob Emmeniger for a copy of the documentary, which was done in 1975. And then in 1977, uh, Steven Spielberg comes out with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which basically just changes the, the time of day and the location. But it's basically the same story as the Holloman Air Force Base film of a planned encounter between our side and um, beings. All They knew where it was coming, when it would land. And so that's basically when it started. And Ford, the Ford administration, Ford was very adamant that he wanted to get to the bottom of the UFO thing. And when he got in, he never used the word UFO ever again. But there was these stories going around in 1975 that they were going to drop something, that the story was going to be uh, released. And one of the things you got to remember with the president is that the UFO issue has always been radioactive. And there's a story that was told to me by... Uh, Whitley Strieber that he had heard from um, Lawrence Rockefeller who had actually gone to the Clinton White House to get a UFO disclosure and that he had been told by uh, Bill Clinton that the UFO story is like the Arkansas Tar Baby story uh, and if you know that story it's the story of Br'er Rabbit gets caught by the fox uh, he makes this little uh, tar baby that sits on the side of the road. Br'er Rabbit comes and the, the, the little baby won't talk to him. So he gets angry and punches him in the head, gets stuck to his head. And then he punches him with the other hand and then with his feet. And he gets completely stuck to this tar baby. And that was the whole idea that the story is like the Arkansas tar baby story. It's the president can't touch it. The president can work on it, which I will describe how this is being done. But he cannot be seen openly to be... Um, working on the pro the problem. I guess the best example of that was I recovered um, 1,000 pages through FOIA from the uh, Clinton administration when they were still in office. Those documents have sin gone, since gone missing, although fortunately we've got them, uh, but they now say they can't find them and nobody has these documents. But in these documents, there was two documents dealing with her, Hillary Clinton. And the one really puzzled me because it basically stated that everything going from Rockefeller to um, the science advisor to the president and from the science advisor to the president, this is a thousand pages of material, uh, was all going through Hillary Clinton's office. And I couldn't figure out why was Hillary Clinton involved in this. And this is the Arkansas Tar Baby story is that the president can't touch the story. So what happens is Hillary knows what's going on, what Rockefeller wants, what the White House is offering, and it goes back and forth and uh, Hillary... Uh, 
goes to the president at night and tells him what's going on and the president tells her what instructions to send back. So this is how the game is played. The president may be in the background working on it, but you will never know. Now, um, Ford um, did, you had these rumors of him doing this kind of stuff and in 76, Carter comes out and Carter makes the announcement that he's going to disclose all the UFO material, not all the UFO material, he's going to release the UFO files for the public, not the classified weapon stuff, but the, the, the files. And he's told by George Bush, if you want those files, you have to go to the House Science and Technology Committee, which would clearly indicate that they aren't the Roswell files. They're just low-level sighting files that um, that would be released. Now, Jimmy Carter, behind the scenes, did an awful lot of material. Everybody thinks he did nothing. There was actually, uh, and Hal Putoff has sort of confirmed that this actually happened. There was a study was uh, being set up at SRI on extraterrestrials. Uh, it, the Pentagon spokesman came in and said that if SRI went ahead with this, they would lose all their funding, and the thing was withdrawn. There's stories told about a, a, one of Carter's lawyers at the CIA who breaks down crying. She's trying to uh, get the CIA to release under FOIA uh, UFO documents, and they're playing games, and she gets all frustrated about this kind of stuff. What you got to remember with the Carter administration, if you believe nothing ever happens with the president, uh, there was um, half of all the UFO documents, uh, say prior to 10 years ago, half of all the UFO documents were uh, released under the Carter administration, under FOIA. That's the uh, FBI documents, the CIA documents, the uh, Navy. Um, there was a bunch of documents that were released, thousands and thousands of pages. Now, the Bush administration really didn't do too much, except there is one story that is told about August 1991, where Bush is at uh, Kenny Bunkport, and they are going to do a UFO disclosure. And this had to do with what was called the Avery. I won't get into it. Uh, this is all set up, and at the last minute, they pulled the plug and decided not to do it. Uh, one of the biggest uh, stories of disclosure, of course, was uh, Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton um, made a number of uh, initiatives to try to get this material out. One, of course, was the U.S. Air Force uh, Roswell report, which was done twice. It cost millions of dollars, and people would think, well, the U.S. Air Force investigated UFOs. It's absolute nonsense. They got better things to do, and that's the last thing they wanted to do was touch the Roswell case. They got it because Lawrence Rockefeller said that if the president didn't do what he was told, he would put a full-page ad in every major newspaper in the United States saying, Mr. President, what do you know? When did you learn it? Why didn't you tell the people? And they were absolutely petrified of what Rockefeller was going to do. They asked him, "What we can't disclose this thing if it's as wide as you say it is and as deep as you say it is. Give us one case. We'll go after that and we'll get that disclosed. Then we'll move on and disclose the rest of it. He said, okay, I want you to do the Roswell case. That's why the U.S. Air Force in 1994 and in 1997 went out and did UFO studies on the, uh, the, the Roswell case. And if you remember back in 1995, Bill Clinton was lighting the Christmas tree at Belfast, Northern Ireland. And it was during that where he said, no, I don't believe a UFO crashed at Roswell, New Mexico. But if they did have bodies... They didn't tell me, and I want to know. And he makes this confrontation that in the first report, there was no discussion about the witnesses talking about bodies. And that's in 1997. The Air Force puts out a second report and says, oh, here, Mr. President, here's your answer. We dropped these dummies in 1953, and people missed the time, and there's a time warp, and everybody thought they were seeing these uh, uh, aliens, and they're actually dummies that we dropped like five years later, six years later. And uh, at that point, 
Clinton had to drop it. The other major thing he did, and that brings in a key to what I think is happening now, is that they um, wanted to drop this thing. And what they did is they had an executive order that John Podesta helped uh, Bill Clinton draft. This was 1995, and it was on government documents. And basically what it said was, if a document is over 25 years old, you have to disclose it unless you've got a very good reason why it has to be withheld. And the idea was that the Roswell material and all the old UFO stuff would come out under this this um, this executive order. Uh, I believe there was like 900 million pages of documents that were released, but none of the UFO material was released. And um, so off they went and, and Clinton left. And he's made indirect statements that basically, you know, indicates that, uh, you know, he, he tried to get the files. He said, I tried to, I, I looked at the Roswell files and then he said he, he didn't, he couldn't get anything. They'd walked around them, but you can't have it both ways. You can't say they walked around me and then say, I saw the Roswell files. Um, there's actually a statement made by, uh, people will sort of argue all the time about, um, the fact that, um, the president doesn't have a need to know. So let me read what Nick Pope said about that. The UFO community sometimes claim that even the presidents aren't briefed about UFOs. I don't believe it. Uh, if there's awareness within the government of an alien presence, the president would have to be briefed in his capacity as commander in chief. The other guy, uh, and this is the whole deal, is you get people who are talking about what they think the president does know or doesn't know, and they have no idea how the system works. Uh, Nick Pope was in the UFO guy in the British government. He would know how it works. Uh, and former CIA officer John Ramirez um, uh, claimed that... Um, he, he had an understanding how this whole thing worked. And here's what he said about the uh, briefing of the president. He said, there are layers of compartments. The least compartmentalized is a need to know or fact of. This is the fact that some program exists and the fact that this program deals with some issue. Every president will absolutely know that. He will be briefed on that. He will. He is eligible to know more, but perhaps they do do know more, but at some level, the president knows the fact of everything. That does not mean you get to have the program details. That does not mean you know what, who is doing the work, how much it is costing, and what the process is. They may know all that. They may not even want to know that. There is much on the president's plate, but the fact of the president would know. And then he talks about uh, agreeing. I agree with Chris Mellon that at some level the president is eligible to know, but at least they know the fact that something is occurring. The president will be on the bigot list and will sign off on whatever is called a finding. I authorize this program. The president would not haphazardly reveal classified material, especially something sensitive. Even President Trump did not want to reveal what he knew about the UFO topic, but he did say that he was told interesting things about it but would not reveal. So this is the whole thing. The, the expression always is that if the president asks for something, uh, the president, people will move mountains to get the president what he wants to know. Uh, you always have to remember, people say, I mean, they, I was, I've told this story numerous times that I was approached to help with a briefing for uh, President Trump. They wanted to give one to his uh, uh Chief, chief of staff and that's when they I, they asked me where the bodies and the crafts were and I said well I have not, a, not got a clue and why would you be briefing him and he said well they're not going to tell him and I said well who's they and he said well they are not going to tell him and this is a big time Republican uh, donor and I said well I mean he he 
appoints the head of the CIA. He appoints the head of the NSA. He can fire anybody he wants and put whoever he wants into whatever position he wants. If they're his people, uh, what do you mean? They're not going to tell him. If they don't tell him, if the CIA director doesn't tell him, who has he got to blame? Only himself. He's the guy that put him in. Uh, when a White House leaves, all the people leave and, and the next administration puts in whoever they want. People have to remember that the president is the head of state. So if you're dealing with a, uh, as the, the Holloman Air Force Base story seemed to indicate, um, you're dealing with a foreign race, a foreign a power. The only person that can do any sort of negotiation or deal with that is the head of state, and that's the president of the United States. You can't have a GS-15 negotiating with aliens. It has to be the president that is, is in charge of that. And that was the whole story about uh, Bob Emeniger, the, the rumored story that he got the letter and he would dance around it from time to time when he was asked about it. But he got the letter from Richard Nixon, signed Richard Nixon letter, which said, uh, thank you for your discretion on the, on the project we worked on. And this, I believe, was the, the documentary on, uh, called UFOs Past, Present, and Future, which you can actually see on the internet. Uh, there was, a, they redid it in 1979. It got a big audience. They, and the government asked them to do it again. So they, uh, updated it and it's called UFOs It Has Begun. You can find it on YouTube. The president is also the head of intelligence. People don't realize the intelligence agencies can't really keep anything secret. The only job they've got is to reveal intelligence, gather intelligence and pre present it to the people at 60,000 feet, the gang of eight inside of Congress, the executive branch and the president. That's their only job. They just put the material. They're not political. They just put it up there. And then the people at 60,000 feet have the information to make the 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 right or wrong decision but they have nothing to do with the decision and the process just collecting the material the president is also the head of the military so if you are in the military and you decide you're going to keep it secret from the president that's insubordination and you'll end up in jail everybody salutes and the president is the civilian commander of the military end of story the military uh, can't be hiding it from the president the president is also head of the executive uh, the, the the government so if it the secret is insubordination the government, they're reporting up the chain of command to the President of the United States. The President is at the top all the time. He has primary um, uh, author, um, authorization for classification. Uh, he, People don't really realize that all classification is not done by law. It's done by executive order. So if somebody has a security clearance, it's coming through the Executive Office of the President of the United States. It's not coming from Congress or from somewhere else. It's all done by executive order. It was started in 1942 by Roosevelt who brought in confidential and um, secret and then uh, Eisenhower brought in uh, above top secret and then the, the 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 code words were added after that and it's just built into a bigger and bigger and bigger thing but this is the this is all happening under the the executive order uh, the office of the president of the United States so the president is uh, briefed on all this kind of stuff and um, I'll go back now to the to the Clintons. With the Clintons, the the key figure is uh, John Podesta. John Podesta was very interested in UFOs. He was very open about this. Uh, he had, uh, you know, used to, we used to leave the White House to go watch X Files, uh, and he helped this executive order, and that's how they wanted to try to get the UFO material out under under Clinton. And if you remember back in 2014, he went to the Obama administration to work for a year as as a, a legal advisor to the president. The day he arrived at the White House was the day that um, uh, Barack Obama revealed Area 51. 
publicly, and that's what declassified Area 51. That was the day um, uh, he, he came to the White House, and the day after he left the White House, he put out a tweet and said, my biggest disappointment of 2014 was not once again, because he tried under Clinton, he tried to get UFOs disclosed. He said, once again, not getting the disclosure of the UFO material. So he tried to get Obama to do it. And for whatever reason, they, they, they could not pull the thing off. But at the end of the administration, that's when the big event actually happened. And I wrote about this in 2017, our, my book, uh, Managing Magic. Uh, and the idea behind Managing Magic is not just UFOs. They're, they're dealing with magic. They're dealing with paranormal phenomena. It's all the same thing. So it's called Managing Magic, not Managing the UFO Story. This is a very uh, complex, intricate subject that has a lot of different uh, legs to it and, and arms to it. So uh, I was talking about this in 2016, and I wrote about it in uh, February of 2017 when I published the book. And basically what I said at that point was that there was uh, there was going to be dis there was going to be a disclosure? I had been told all the way through 2016 they were about to drop this thing, and uh, Hillary Clinton was going to be behind it. And again, it's like the uh, the the uh, tar baby story. Hillary Clinton can't really bring up the subject. So people say Hillary talked about UFOs during her uh, attempt to be president. She did not. She answered three questions. So when somebody put a question and and Podesta was actually saying to the media, ask her about aliens, ask because they wanted her to answer the question. They didn't want her to bring it up, but they wanted her. And that's what exactly you see is happening now. You see Biden sitting in the background. He's not saying anything, but all this stuff is happening under him and he's he's behind it. But he can't touch the he can't touch his story. He can't have at this point. He can't have his fingerprints on it. So you basically have uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, going to reveal this thing she said i'm going to open up area 51 i don't care what my president my husband didn't find anything i'm going to do it again and she basically said that she was going to disclose and she was going to disclose i knew this they were going to do it and then what happened was john podesta's emails got leaked uh the russians uh intercepted his emails and they started wikileaks started putting them on the on the internet and that's when the th what i call the three kings the uh, general um uh, Kerry, General McCaslin, and Robert Weiss from Lockheed Skunk Works get outed that they are dealing with John Podesta about UFO disclosure and that they are working with Tom DeLonge. And that sort of uh, unraveled um, things. And then Hillary lost the election. And at that point, I phoned my main source and I said to him, I said, is it over? I, I, that's it. Is that it for disclosure? Because the, the idea was they were going to drop this thing. And he said, no, it's still on. The green light is still on. It's, it'll be bigger than ever. And so it went on. And then uh, 11 months later, that's when um, Tom DeLonge came forward, the October 11th, 2017 news conference where he brings out Lou Elizondo and Mellon and Justice and, most importantly, Jim Semivan uh, to say that uh, they're working on this and there's a bunch of high-level government officials that are talking uh, to them that they want to get this stuff out. And then if you uh, have watched all the interviews with Jim Semivan, he said this on a number of occasions. Jim Semivan said very clearly, listen carefully, he said, I went to all the three, the heads of the three-letter agencies and I said, we're going to drop this thing. Now, these are all retired people uh, with Mellon and, and uh, Elizondo. These are not people in the government, but he said, we are going to drop it. You guys had the chance. You can't get it out. 
we're going to get it out. We're not going to release classified information, but we're going to drop it. That was part of the 2016 where Hillary, this is part of the plan that they were going to drop it. And um, Semi Van said, and he said it publicly a number of times, all the heads of the three-letter agencies said to him, okay, go ahead, keep us informed what's happening. So this has been in, in the works for, for quite a period of time. So that's what Obama did at the end. And if you remember at the very end of the Obama administration, you had uh, Obama released millions of pages of material, a lot of it on, on remote viewing and stuff. And again, I think it was an attempt to try to get some UFO material. There was really no UFO material came, but a lot of other weird documents were released a, a couple of days before Obama left the White House. There's no way you would get a major release like that unless you have uh, the authorization of the President of the United States. And you saw that as well under the Reagan administration. Uh, in, in 1983, Bob Emmeniger told me that they came back to him and said, the government liked what you did in the 1970s. They'd like you to do it again. They'd like you to do another UFO documentary. And this was under Ronald Reagan. And uh, he told me the story was that uh, President uh, General Miller, who was at Norton Air Force Base, head of uh, DAVA, where they keep all the military film, uh, was basically saying to the security officer, pull all the UFO film. We're going to give it to Heineck. Get it out. And he said, sorry, sir, I can't. I can't. You haven't got it. You need a release. I can't do it without authorization. He said, God damn, I'll have your ass. Get that film out. We're going to release the film. Heineck and Valet were supposed to be involved. They both uh, realized that they may pull the film as they did with the Holman Air Force Base film at the last minute. They'll pull all the film and they would end up looking stupid. So they pulled out. But Reagan was a part of that disclosure to try to force out um, some material. He did force out material at the very end. And this is a, a documentary was called UFOs, uh, UFO Live, UFO uh, Live. Um, and in that documentary, it was a live documentary. Uh, Bob told me how this ran. His, it was a, again, it was gray advertising, which has always been seen as a front company for the CIA. A producer out of uh, New York was running the show there. It was all scripted, and uh, everybody had to read off the script. They were all very upset, and they they said, "This is crazy. We got to we know our stories. Why do we have to read off scripts?" Because it was very scripted. It was down to the minute. They wanted exactly people to say exactly what they wanted them to say. And Bob even told told the story of of playing a joke where they were practicing in the afternoon, reading off the teleprompter, and he talked about the the UFO landing, the Holman landing, and the door opened and the aliens came out. And he said, and the UFO landed, and Sasquatch came out. And he said, he could hear this voice in the background saying, read what's on the script. Just read what's on the, on the script. And they, they scripted this whole thing. But that was where they would they, they brought out the whole idea about the um, uh, the uh, the Avery and the fact that there was a live alien and all that stuff. That all broke during that, that documentary. And it was discounted. So it, it, they made it very crazy. Uh, they had the alien eating strawberry ice cream and stuff like that. And so what you do is you cover the story with this information. You put it out and everybody says, That's, that was the worst documentary that was ever done. But if you take a look, that was Reagan. That was in the last days of the Reagan administration when that documentary came out. So you have these presidents that are basically... Uh, always trying to uh, move this issue down. It's very hard. What do you do with it? How do you how do you handle it? And so we move on now to um, 2016 again. I was talking about this, and everybody was sort of singing, "I'm not listening. I'm not listening." And uh, nobody would sort of listen. That that I was saying very clearly that in 2016 they were they were going to do this. And the Tom DeLonge thing uh, uh, came out, and that's when. Um, 
the New York Times ran the story. It was New York Times and the, and the, the uh, Washington Post. I was told that it was basically um, Semivan that was, Mellon has sort of taken responsibility for this. But if you take a look, these are um, Democratic leaning newspapers, the New York Times and the Washington Post, and that's where they leaked it, because this is still under the Obama administration, and um, or, or it it was the the people that were trying to get the disclosure under the Obama administration, so they revealed this thing, and nothing's been the same since that New York Times article. Everything is sort of unraveled quicker and quicker and quicker, and I can actually say now I um, actually believe that this actually may drop. Uh, and so Gresh, the important thing with Gresh yesterday, Gresh came forward and he made a number of uh, statements that uh, indicated that this was happening. I people, Some people know I've been talking to them in the last couple of months. I said, have you heard this rumor? Uh, have you heard uh, this this whole idea that there's they're going to um, try to do something? And uh, you even had um, Biden indirectly getting involved that you had his national security spokesman coming out and addressing the topic. Now, that never happened before. During the um, um, Clinton administration, they tried to ask a UFO question in the, to the press secretary. Uh, and the reporter from the, from the New York Post uh, stated that uh, she gave her two questions about uh, Hubble being asked, uh, Hubble writing in his book that the president had asked him to go and investigate UFOs, and the press secretary walked around it twice, and she said, and I sat there and waited for everybody else in the Washington press corps to follow up with a question, and they all rolled over and played dead because they were afraid to lose their presidential press pass. And so this has been a toxic subject. Nobody wanted to do it, but you have John Kirby actually describing this. He said these unidentified aerial phenomena. He's a National, National Security Council spokesman for um, Biden. He can actually walk right into Biden's office. He's got tremendous power. These unidentified aerial craft had been reported for many years without explanation or deep examination by the government. President Biden has changed all that. We're finally trying to understand them better. So they're basically saying, yeah, we're behind this. We're, 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 we're working on this. And then it came down to the whole UAP ta task force and the, uh, the arrow. And then Kirby comes forward again and makes another statement. He said, if the president didn't believe that the sightings by pilots were serious enough to be, to be considered, he wouldn't have wanted the Pentagon to stand up an office to look at this, to analyze the data, to collect reports and provide a system by which we can collate the information and better figure out what we've got here. So the National Security Advisor basically says, yes, this was green-lighted by the President of the United States, and he's behind it. Even though you don't see him saying anything, hasn't got his fingerprints on it yet, he's authorizing it. The other thing that I point out is you have uh, NASA come out, and uh, the, the, the head of the agency comes out and says, we're going to look into UFOs, and we're going to uh, set up a committee, and that is, there's no way that happens without presidential authorization. The, the, uh, the, uh, the agency reports to the uh, president's science advisor, and I, when I wrote the Carter book, I told the whole story about Jimmy Carter trying to get uh, uh, NASA to uh, do a uh, study, and that the CIA wrote a memo uh, to NASA and said 
don't even don't even think about it. And they went back to the president and said, we, you know, where our budget's been cut, we really don't have any money to do this. And uh, if you have any metal, we're willing to look at metal, but we really can't. And they basically turned it down. Now suddenly you have uh, the agency coming out and saying, oh, we're going to not only we're going to study, we're going to set up a committee. And they, uh, they, they start to open it up from that perspective. That needs authorization for the president of the United States. He, he, it's, this is not like the House of Representatives where everybody does their own thing. Uh, there's chain of command and people, uh, just don't go and do some crazy thing that will put the president in uh, the spotlight. Uh, for whatever reason you have, you, you have a chain of command and you get authorization for everything that you do. So I started to see this and I started to ask people, uh, and let me get the quote here. Um, Lou Alessandro makes a quote, October 13th, 2023. Please know that ongoing efforts are underway that will reveal themselves by early to mid 2024. I can't be precise at this time, but if you have learned anything over the last five years, I never make empty promises. Trust me, this will be worth it. The other person that talked about it was John Ramirez. So I went to John Ramirez and I said, uh, does, does, have you heard this story? And he had talked about it in an interview and he said, yes, I've heard the story. And he basically, um, made a statement on another interview, not to me, but he said Lou is very well informed. He is not a whistleblower. He is not a whistleblower. He is doing something very official. He has an official function in all of this, and he is very much expanding the sandbox, moving everything out and seeing what he can say. He does not say anything that he is not authorized to say. He is going to pay attention to his NDAs like I must. He knows things, and I think he expands as much as he can plant a seed. The same would apply to the dramatic interview that was just given uh, to Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp uh, by James Lakatsky, where he basically makes the announcement that the, the government has a craft and they've been inside the craft and that is, uh, that has got clearance from the Defense Department. And he says to them, he says, I'm an expert at moving highly classified material down to lower levels. So again, the question is, who is Lou Elizondo reporting to? Who's watching? Because Lou will say, oh, I can't talk about that. I've got security clearances. Somebody's watching. See, he's reporting to somebody. This is not, he's not on a rogue guy just doing his own thing. And the same with Lakatsky. Lakatsky, when he was asked what was in the craft, he said, I'd have to write it out and get it approved in order to answer that just stick with what I wrote in the book and so you see this this whole idea so I started asking people around I said have you heard this thing about uh, uh, what's happening and I already uh, knew about the 2016 process and it sounded like they were going to drop it again and when the National Security Advisor gave the uh, the clear statement that President Biden was had given authorization for all this sort of stuff I realized that something was going on now brings to the point of the very important um, statement that Gresh made yesterday in that um, uh, Chuck Schumer, who's the majority leader in the Senate, has produced a um, an amendment uh, onto the uh, authorization, military authorization uh, bill, and it basically uh, will set up a nine-person uh, presidential panel, uh, the 90 days to uh, to set it up, and then they have 300 days to uh, produce a plan and that the idea is to unravel the UFO story publicly piece by piece from 1924 to uh, uh, 2024 to 2030. 
And again, I'm going like, they're going to do this. They're, they, this is all planned. These things take a long time. And then I, I asked, well, where's Podesta in all this? Because Podesta had said very clearly uh, when uh, Biden got in, he said, I'm going to go to Joe Biden and I'm going to push disclosure and I'm going to get him to do uh, to get a, um, a report. This is through James Fox's statement uh, through the OSTP, which was the, the science advisor to the president, the same one that had handled Lawrence Rockefeller, get them to do a, a scientific study on, on UFOs. So I asked James Fox, I said, well, what's what's Podesta saying? Is Podesta involved in this? Is he pushing this thing? Is he, is he doing this thing again? And he said, well, Podesta doesn't talk to me by email. If I'm in Washington, I'll ask him personally so i started to wonder like uh, is podesta and you start to look and you start to see the pieces fitting together um for example um now let me get the get this um gillibrand so senator gillibrand writes this uh a bill that basically gives whistleblower protection uh you know very direct uh disclosure type bill and people don't realize gillibrand has the Senate seat in New York, the same Senate seat as Hillary Clinton. It was Hillary Clinton that asked her to run for president. She helped her, and both her and John Podesta were giving money to Gillibrand, and they, they both were giving her advice. And so you got to look at this. Is it coincidence that Gillibrand is the one that writes the big, uh, the big thing? And this is the thing. Is Podesta in behind this whole thing? Um, here is um, here is um, Ramirez again talking about Elizondo, and this when I hear these things, I always wonder, I always listen, and I realize that that there's stuff going on behind the scenes that people don't realize. These aren't rogue people just running around telling stories. Uh, when you get that high and you get these security oaths and stuff like that, you start to realize that these people may have something behind them. Uh, so Ramirez says of Elizondo, I would think about Elizondo, there would be a committee of some sort that is managing the narrative for the policymakers. Other people would be feeding into that committee. The committee is the one that will rack and stack these various options for the policymakers. And this is this idea I mentioned about intelligence. The intelligence people just collect the material and hand it up the line to the what Chase Brandon called the people at 60,000 feet, the policymakers. And so Ramirez continues, I don't think that at our levels, the, the formers, what position we might hold will have that direct input into the White House. We will have input into the committee. You can call this committee MJ-12, Majestic, Zodiac, whatever you want to call it. The name does not matter. There is likely a committee making decisions as to what policymakers can see. They are the control group. It is not people out there talking to the public. There must be some layer in between who are who interface with the public and those who directly interface with the policymakers. That in all the, the presidents that I've done, all the, the documents I've gotten, the visits to the president archives, that's how it actually works. Where you have uh, the, the guy, the guy at the top has piles of plates in the air, and you have all these committees that are advising him, and then he makes the the final call. So. Um, Ramirez um, said there will be a significant announcement in early to mid-2024. The announcement was delayed due to the Speaker of the House chaos in the Congress and the Israeli-Hamas war. Uh, POTUS Biden, taking cues from the DOD, knows more than he lets on. 
Uh, and then he says to me, he concurs. I mentioned to him about the fact that this has been going on for a long time. He said, I concur that there have been uh, factions within the DOD and IC regarding the pace and content of disclosure, what to disclose, how to disclose, and when. I contend that the above has been settled. I uh, compromised that uh, precluded the DOD adaptation of non-human technology, that is, our craft, enabled the Air Force to be less resistant to disclosure. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan uh, refereed the factions. So what he was saying was basically the Air Force was uh, fighting the disclosure because they, he, th uh, he thinks they have a, high, uh, a very advanced aerial uh, intelligence platform um, in, uh, in low orbit or wherever and that they don't want this to be disclosed. And so uh, Jake Sullivan refereed this whole thing and now the Air Force has signed off on it. So what we have is uh, Gresh coming forward yesterday and basically uh, stating that he had a uh, meeting with Senator Reid. And Senator Reid was the guy that put up the money for OSAP. He got um, uh, interested by going to the NIDS meetings and uh, put uh, all, uh, all the money for the, the OSAP program. And that shortly before he died, uh, Gresh said that he had a conversation with him and he said, I'm going to phone President Biden about this. We need this out. And um, so you have th that uh, coming out, and then he mentioned the fact that the that this uh, amendment um, is there, which will fit, set this committee, and that um, that Schumer would not. And this is how it works: Schumer, as the head of the sort of Democrats' uh, majority in the Senate, there's no way that he would go with a, something that would uh, ask for a presidential panel without getting the authorization of the White House. So he's uh, sort of reporting. So what Gresh uh, reported was that the Senate is, is good on this, it's ready to go, and that the problem is going to be two people in the House that are going to try to block this thing. Uh, one is um, Se uh, Congressman Mike Turner from Ohio, and he's in the district of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And he pointed out that he has all sorts of uh, high-level donors from uh, Lockheed and Boeing and um, that he's dead set against it. I posted on, on uh, uh, Twitter today an interview that uh, Turner did give where he goes after the uh, whistleblowers that have testified that they're talking about stuff they don't know anything and basically was very, very negative. Uh, apparently, he's going to try to block this amendment from the Senate uh, on disclosure uh, or that they want uh, at least that the, um, the the people don't have to give up their their uh, programs that they're working on that the material that they've they've gathered uh, that will be exempt the uh, the legacy programs and stuff like that. The other one that um, Gresh pointed out who is uh, fighting this thing is um, uh, Mike Rogers and. Um, Mike Rogers and Turner are going to try to block this thing. And um, so this is where we're at now. Uh, the The whole thing is, is a go. Uh, I would say there's a very clear pattern. There's a, a committee that has set up exactly what's going to happen. And the way that um, Gresh described it is uh, if, if this thing passes, if... Uh, the two mics can't block it. It'll be in. It'll be signed by Biden by Christmas. They've got 90 days to set up this committee, and then 300 days um, to uh, get the plan uh, up and running. 
and that would be election day. And so the whole idea was, and I've heard this rumor before, is that this is going to be an election issue. You're going to decide uh, what what you want, uh, whether it's the Republican policies or whether it's the Democratic policy, which is going to include disclosure. Uh, as I said, they did it before in the 2016 election, made this sort of a thing. This time they seem to be a little ahead of the game. They're going to do it before the last, last minute. Um, and that may be where this announcement is coming from in spring. Um, let me read. We talked about uh, Lou Elizondo. The only thing I really don't understand at this point is this idea that Lou Elizondo had stated that if it has been shown that uh, these um, companies use government funding to run black operations that didn't have oversight, he said people are going to go to jail. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that. I think Gresh talked about a reconcili reconciliation uh, operation, same as they did in South Africa, where everything's sort of thrown up. But you're still going to have lawsuits of people who find out that Lockheed Skunk Works got uh, a craft or something and we didn't get anything. Uh, these lawsuits or people who were uh, ridiculed by the government and their careers were destroyed. And then suddenly they're uh, suing the government for, uh, you know, slander and stuff like this. Um, I'm sure that this committee under Biden would have some sort of uh, resolution of this, of, of how they're going to handle it. But I was very impressed with Gresh. Um, uh, and um, there's a one or two things that, he's, that sort of, I, I sort of question. But in terms of he uh, definitely knows how intelligence works. Uh, I've done enough of this that I, I can sort of understand what he's talking about and how the, the process works. Um, and he he basically said, and this is, the, the, may, I'll make this the last point. He basically said, so the House is going to try to block this thing. And basically, we have a problem now. You have, you have got to get Congress on, on board, and you also have to get the agencies on board. And there's these stories going on that uh, somebody goes to the CIA, and they want their material. And I think in Gresh even talked about it, where they put them on a, on a hit list and tell them, don't ever come back in here again. And um, so agencies are, are doubling down on the material they've got. And they're not sharing material with, with everybody else. And the idea is to work together like uh, the same thing with 9-11. The reason 9-11 uh, happened in part was because nobody was sharing intelligence. So the idea now is this is happening again, that, it, that everybody's fighting and nobody's giving up their material. And that's where uh, Gresh said, if these guys can't get their shit together, meaning Congress, well, then we need a pre a presidential authority. Uh, and the reason you need that is because the president is the head of everything. The president can say to the CIA, share data, and they've got to do it. He has oversight over everybody. Uh, an agency can't take it in their own responsibility. They have to answer to the president of the United States. So that is, is, was very significant in that he talked about this presidential uh, authority and that it, it may have to happen at that level. Only the president can open this thing up in terms of forcing everybody and every agency to reveal what they've got. So we're going to wait now on uh, whether... Uh, the House is able to block this. Otherwise, uh, we're looking at, um, I absolutely believe, and I, I never would have said this in 48 years, I absolutely believe they are going to attempt to drop this story next year and maybe make an election issue. But definitely, uh, we are in the, the maybe the end of the road here. 
uh, and we'll see where it goes. So thanks again. I'll update it if I uh, get some more material. And thank you for listening. And I guess write these two congressmen and tell them to uh, wake up and get with the program. Hi, it's Grant. Just chi chiming in with a little postscript. Forgot one item, which is uh, kind of important, and so I'll add it here. Uh, there was um, some posting a uh, posting on Twitter today that talked about the fact that Chuck Schumer got money from uh, Lockheed as well, which invalidates the whole idea that um, the that um, Mike Turner is in the bag, having uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base in his district. Um, I've mentioned this numerous times in the past, and that is the fact that Lockheed gives everybody money. It's the whole idea. And I point out, and I point out numerous times, that the F-35 jet fighter is made in 48 different states and 10 different countries. Why would that be? Because if there's cost overrun, then everybody's in the bag. Nobody's going to dispute it because you're either getting money from your campaign or you're getting, you've got jobs in your district. And so they control. This is the whole lobbyist game. This was the final speech of uh, President Eisenhower who said, and the, the actual words, I've seen the speech, I've seen the oral histories on the speech. The actual speech said, beware the military industrial congressional complex. And they took out the word congressional as to not offend Congress. And the whole idea is that once you get everybody in the bag and everybody's getting money, it com completes the circle. And that's what we have now. Everybody's controlled. It just goes around in a circle. Everybody's got their hand in the pot and nobody can pull out because they're all compromised. So that's my answer to the idea that Lockheed uh, gave Schumer money. Uh, Lockheed gives lots of people lots of things in exchange for their help on various issues. They're not giving it away for nothing. Thanks again.